checking on his stick. chicken on a stick welcome to episode number two welcome welcome today we're going to be talking about the movie la la land Mm -hmm. which if you didn't know is where the name chicken on a stick comes from yep uh when we first met many years ago this is a movie basically the first movie we really kind of bonded over Mm -hmm. Uh, maggie really really loved it i'm sure she probably asked me first if i had ever seen it um i don't quite recall at that point (laughs) but uh, that's how she tells it, at least. Yeah. So before we jump into this movie to talk about it in more uh, more in depth, just to read a little bit of the synopsis from the back of the Blu-ray cover, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling star as Mia and Sebastian, an actress and a jazz musician pursuing their Hollywood dreams and finding each other in a vibrant celebration of hope, dream, and love. Very, very well put. Okay. Well, it's It really, it was... One of those movies that when I watched it for the first time, it just blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. I was so obsessed with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll just dive into the movie then. This is what you wanted from me. To be in this band? To be in a band, to have a steady job, you know? To, to, to be, you know? Of course I wanted you to have a steady job so that you could take care of yourself and your life and you could start your club. Yeah, so I'm doing that, so I don't understand. Like, why aren't we celebrating? Why aren't you starting your club? You said yourself no one wants to go to that club. No one wants to go to a club called Chicken on a Stick. So change the name. Well, no one likes jazz. Not even you. I do like jazz now because of you. And this is what I thought you wanted me to do. What am I supposed to do? Go back to playing Jingle Bells? I'm not saying that. I'm saying Scraping why don't you pennies so take I can start what you've made no and start the club. To? People will want to go to it because you're passionate about it and people love what other people are passionate about. You remind people of what uh, they forgot. Not my experience. Okay, so with this movie, um, I had just... I watched this movie twice today, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the commentary with director Damien Chazelle and composer justin uh Her- herwitz mm-hmm. i think is how you say his last name and their commentary was interesting to say the least you can definitely tell that they were like old college roommate buddies yeah. uh because they kind of joked with each other throughout the whole movie and kind of poked fun of each other which was entertaining at the least very familiar with each other right um so the movie itself starts off... This was just a fun little tidbit. Um, dire- the director name drops tons of movies during the commentary where he was like influenced by things, going mm-hmm. all the way to like Sleeping Beauty and uh, really? for certain scenes. and like So Disney movies to other older films that I've never even heard of before. Um, but the very beginning of the movie opens in a different aspect ratio and then black and white and then expands into mm-hmm. uh a nor- like a widescreen format with color and that was inspired by a movie called girl can't help it never it, heard of it i've never he heard name of it drops that directly as the inspiration for them doing that opening that's very cool 
was it was that the was the opening the same as like how it closes out in that same format? I can't remember now. No, I like that. I like the in like like the inspiration from from older movies. That's that's where you can really tell someone that really is passionate about film. I think yeah. that's pretty cool. So yeah, I I think that's really neat when you can you can actually see that and hear that from the director and the people that are involved in the film. Really neat. Yeah, and then they they talked a little bit about the opening number. There used there was an overture originally that uh, they ended up cutting from the film completely mm -hmm. because it was either they cut that or they cut this opening song number. Right. And they just figured they realized that this fits better um, than what the overture would have would have originally done because if they cut the opening song and dance number it's not until like nine ten minutes into the movie that the first actual song happens so you're right. like into the movie for a bit and then you're like oh wait this is a musical i i i think that the opening sequence is really what pulls most of the people in anyway it's i mean it's a fantastic opening sequence and i would also like to throw it out there before we get into everything that i if, if Patrick had a penny for every single time I've pointed out in any movie or TV show anything that was La La Land filmed related, I will always stop and go, I've been there. I saw that. I went there specifically <laughs> to see true. that. I went to L.A. after the movie came out um, for the first time ever and got to go and see a lot of the filming locations. And it was really cool. But it was also really crowded because I was not the only person with that idea. <laughs> Do you know how long it took to get to the top of the to the Griffith Observatory? It's only a couple miles. Like it's not that long of a distance from the bottom of the hill to the top. Two hours. Why didn't you just walk? It was uphill, and I don't like to walk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd sit in a car for two hours for that. There were so many cars and so many people, but I was so happy that I got to see the little places and the little spots that they did stuff. And, um, yeah, I got to live my little own La La Land moment. So there will probably be times that I'll be like, and during this scene, which I was there for, I touched that, <laughs> and Ryan Gosling touched that, and Emma Stone touched that, and I've touched your hand before, so you technically, I guess, by six degrees, have touched them as well. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the opening number uh, starts off, we're basically on a freeway, mm -hmm. traffic is caught, uh, that's a normal California thing, uh, I haven't been, you know, I'm not lucky like someone, uh, but apparently, that, you know, that's a normal thing, we hear all these cars, all the different radios and things going on in each car, and then it builds and builds and builds until the first song starts. And the lady just starts singing, gets out of her car, everybody else decides to join her. Yep. For a big song and dance number. And I will say this, D Dallas traffic, terrible. Gives me anxiety all the time. LA traffic, I thought I was going to die every day. <laughs> it was, it's terrifying. They're, they're kind of like a good luck to everybody else <laughs> kind of traffic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh. And I, I do um, I do like that the um, the freeway or the highway that the opening sequence is shot on is a very famous um, it's kind of like half built 
freeway in LA that they use it in tons and tons of movies. And I had a, I knew someone that was an ex, an extra in Hollywood, and they did an episode of Monk where they did a scene, and they were up on that exact, that exact thing. You just have all the connections. So many, so many connections. <laughs> my goodness. But um, I think that the opening is just so grand and um, really pulls people in so well. And I, I just think that it, it's very, very well done. It's yeah, it really is fantastic. Again, I, goosebumps. <laughs> she does get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do really like the opening too. But I'll get this out of the way first. I I like musicals, mm-hmm. and I think. Generally, I, I get a lot of people, friends I know and stuff, will tell me that they don't like musicals. Yeah. And that's, like, such a broad term to just be like, I don't like musicals. And it's like, almost certainly, you like musicals and you don't realize it. Yeah. You're just thinking of, uh, for me, in my brain, I kind of split them into, like, three different categories. There's the sort of stage play kind of musical, which is going to be something like Singing in the Rain, uh sound of music these big productions where people literally like break out and dance song and number in the middle of the day and nobody bats an eye whatever right and then you have something that's like a modern sort of musical probably not the best term for it but something like sing street which i really love where it's a musical but when there's the musical numbers and they're singing outside Mm -hmm. of one scene in sing street it's like they're filming a music video, Battle of the Bands, something like that, where it makes sense, and it's not just people breaking out into dance and song in the middle of the street. Right. Um, and then you have something that's, I would just dub, like, the Disney musical, uh, but really it's, like, kids' movies, mm-hmm. where pretty much all of those are a musical, but no, you don't think of them as a musical. You right. Go, any of these people who are like, I don't like musicals, I'll be like, do you like Lion King? Yeah. Guess what? Musical. Musical. You like Hercules? Guess what? Musical. Musical. You fan of Little Mermaid? Under the Sea. Hello. Yep. <laughs> like, they're Fantastic. all singing and dancing all throughout all of those. Yeah. Uh, I, so, I, it's it's really good, though, when you do get the big musical numbers that are balanced out with actual dialogue and storyline, so that it's not heavy-handed with the music, so you're getting just the best of both worlds yeah. music-wise. Yeah, I think if if the song isn't really serving a purpose to the story, mm-hmm. that's kind of where you'd, you'd lose me a little bit. Right. So the opening number in this isn't very specific to like where the story's going to go or anything, but it's the mm-hmm. very beginning, kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie yeah. sort of situation, dance numbers, all that sort of stuff. Um uh, but it's it's very colorful, it's very so bright. Colorful. I like everything that's going on. It's got tons of things going on, like it, people yeah. jumping all over cars, hula hooping for some reason. It's it's one of those things. The choreography is so well done and so down to a T that you could watch it several different times and hone in on a different thing that's going on, and that's written into the choreography. It's yeah. it's so so well done, so intricate. Yeah, my my only question for the opening is, how long was that band inside that box truck that for? Was, that was a very good question. I feel like, I know it's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be, when is that supposed to be in the beginning? Does it say, uh, sp- like, spring or w- winter? Because I, I feel like we get go right into summer as the next se- season. I don't remember now. It might have been spring. Doesn't matter. 
Everyone's in short know, dresses, though. All I know is there's a bunch of there's a band and literally in the back of a box yeah. truck that they open up and they just start playing. And I'm yeah. thinking you're stuck on a freeway. Yeah. There's definitely no AC in there. Probably. Nope. No one's got any water bottles. How did they survive? I don't know, but I think that that, that scene when they do open up the back of that box truck and then they form that little like dance, dance circle. circle. I think that's the best part. Cause this, the song gets a little bit of a heavier backbeat and, uh, and everyone gets to have like a little moment. Yeah. Probably the best part Probably. Of, the, of that sequence. Probably. Yeah. That or the lady that jumps up and we just see her from the back throwing her arms out and towards the end of the song oh, yeah, and every, yeah. everybody gets on top of the cars. I, <laughs> I did think about this when we were watching it, that I think the lady who starts, because everybody gets into their car at the end. Yeah. The lady who starts it, who's in the pink, uh, the yellow polka dotted, uh, sundress thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she gets into a totally different car at the end, of, she, <laughs> end of that. She can't find hers. Because I think <laughs> she's she, traveled too far down. She, I think she ends up in like near the very front, so kind of very far away from the camera. Yeah. Where she would have like she gets out of her car and walks forward quite right. a bit. She would have had to bend like closer to the camera at the end. But I I could just be seeing things wrong. But I was like, there's a woman back there in a yellow dress. Did she just hijack somebody else's car? <laughs> it's LA. <laughs> um, maybe that was the con. Is she just wanted to maybe. be? She wanted to be farther ahead in yeah. the traffic, so she got everybody to sing and dance and swap. Talk cars. about it. Talk about a distraction. That's I'm gonna. I'm gonna was. get everyone to go into a Broadway musical, and then I'm just gonna steal this Corolla. Start singing and steal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here, right after this, we get introduced to our leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Sebastian first in his convertible, I assume. It's like a, like an old classic looking convertible, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know cars, but whatever. It, it very much fits his vibe as a character of liking old jazz and yeah. stuff, and he dresses in... Kind of an like, older style. Yeah. Um, yeah it's but he's, he's listening to, like, he's got a, a, a tape deck, mm-hmm. and he's trying to listen... He's, like, rewinding this tape over and over again to try and listen to this jazz song. Um, and then it zooms in, and right ahead of him is Mia in mm-hmm. her car running lines with herself for an yeah. audition. And as traffic starts to move... Sebastian's honking at her, yeah. drives around her, gives her a disapproving head shake, yeah. which is much nicer. If he, if it, the, um, uh, Chazelle said this in the commentary that his character, uh, when written was supposed to be an asshole the entire time, but Ryan, really? Ryan Gosling, while he does kind of play sort of like a pretentious ass for most of the movie, he can be off. He brings a, he brings a, a level of charm to it, whereas yeah. in the script he didn't really have that, so he just kind of seemed more off putting. But this disapproving head shake... <laughs> he just, like, he looks disappointed. <laughs> ...is so much nicer than what I would have done. <laughs> oh, one million percent. Are you kidding? I get, I, I get very aggressive on the road. I've, the the people out here are, are definitely not that... But what's funny about it, too, is he makes sure to stop and <laughs> yeah. makes sure that she sees that he's giving her a disapproving, like, a disappointed face. She flips him off. And she flips him off. She's a little bit more That's aggressive. Rude. That was rude. She's the one not paying attention. Have you ever flipped someone off, a car off? Yes. I'm pretty sure you've been in the car when I've done it. I was probably closing my I'm eyes. I'm pretty sure you're usually afraid that somebody's going to shoot me or I something. I am. I've never flipped anyone off, but I am very heavy-handed on the horn. 
I will horn it out all day long. Nope. Didn't like that. <laughs> well, it's too late now. No, I don't like that saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is their their little interaction is funny. Um, her going over her lines and then, you know, obviously the flow of traffic is pushing, so he's got to go. He takes off and she's like, ugh, God, what was that guy's problem? And then just underneath her breath, she's like, oh, wait, no, I should probably move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so from here, we follow her for the day, uh, goes to her job where she's on... She's on a studio lot. It's never, like, said what studio or anything it is, but I believe it's the WB studio in real life. I think she does at one point say it's, um, you can catch me at the cafe on the Warner Brothers lot. Does she say Warner Brothers lot? I think so. Maybe. She does say somewhere. Yeah. Um, And basically, we're just following her for the day. We see that she's a barista at this coffee shop, Mm -hmm. uh, and then she goes to run to an audition, bumps into a man, spills coffee on her... Her white... Perfectly white, crisp, button-down shirt. Yeah. And she go. We cut to the audition room. Uh, I find this pretty interesting, like, color palette-wise. She's wearing, like, a blue winter jacket. Yeah, puffy jacket. Puffer jacket. And all the walls and the door and everything else is blue. Yeah. So uh, the whole room is just blue and blue and blue. And this scene, funny enough, um, apparently was... There was always going to be the audition and it wasn't going to go well. But... Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling were apparently trading, like, audition horror stories with each other. Mm. And Ryan Gosling just happened to have an audition that basically went this way. That in the middle of it, it got interrupted by, like, a phone call or somebody had to take a message or something. And that's what made it into this this movie was that that, that uh, audition. Yeah. And something, something important, I mean, it's not very important. It's just kind of a subtle thing, too, to note that when we do, when we are introduced to Mia working as in the coffee shop for the first time, we do get a little scene of, from the back of this woman, obviously a, a big Hollywood starlet walks into the coffee shop to go get a coffee, and she goes to get it, and Mia is just speechless, and she's just doe-eyed and awestruck. I feel it, like you'd be fired so quickly if you acted probably. that way. Probably. I mean, I, I'd i probably do the same. I think they're making it seem like she's like Angelina Jolie level, you know, big. And uh, they give the, the coffee, they, they say the coffee is on us. And she says, no, I insist to pay. So she pays and, you know, leaves a tip. But it's a really cool moment, moment to see um, Mia's character kind of be like, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm working, you know, so yeah. I can be around this environment. Yeah, um, so after the audition doesn't go well, she leaves, we see a bunch of other red-headed white women and, and white, white button-downs button all look the same, obviously. And hers is just stained brown all over the chest. Yeah. She goes home, uh, where we learn she lives in a little apartment mm-hmm. with three other women, all trying to do the same thing, all yep. wanting to be actresses and whatnot. Um, we do see that she's very clearly invested in it she has in her room she's got one wall that's like this big ingrid uh ingrid bergman poster floor to ceiling yeah like totally floor to ceiling takes up she's got a bunch of like movie posters and stuff around her room all they're all and they're all vintage posters too they're all old which which that goes back everybody knows that damon chazelle has like a love for old hollywood and stuff that's Mm -hmm. the whole thing about babylon (laughs) Whether you like that movie or not, 
that's what the whole deal was is like his obsession with classic yeah golden age hollywood type stuff um we break into another song here mm-hmm. with her roommates someone in the crowd someone in the crowd mm-hmm. which will come back to be played multiple times in the background throughout mm-hmm. the movie um and basically they're just begging her to go out to this party she doesn't really want to and then she ends up getting convinced to uh, they all have, I, again, I like the color palettes in this mm-hmm. movie. They're all wearing, like, there's a blue, red, yeah. green, yellow dress. They're all bright, vibrant colors. Uh, and then we go to a party, and we don't really see the party. We just kind of see, like, clearly it's not her scene. Yeah, it's not her vibes. Um, the vibes aren't it. They they made it sound like, um, you know, if all of the it people would be there that are just trying to brown nose and suck up to other, you know, people. And, um, that's, that was one of the, the first things I thought too, in seeing a, how, how kind and, um, lovable her roommates are. And you can tell she is a little bit of the, not to say that she's the odd one out cause she's still beautiful, but they're all really tall and, or more tall think, than she I feel is. Like and... One's about her height, if not shorter. But the, the blonde one, maybe, maybe the other a two bit. T- are taller. But she, um, the like you said, the color blocking was done so well, and it's so vibrant. And it also, I'd like to think the color palette in that apartment matches where she's at personality-wise in the beginning of the movie versus the end, where she is still like fresh and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and everything is eccentric and quirky and you know none of the patterns match and and all that so i really really love that it's a fantastic song what i got a lot from that song as well is some a little bit of great gatsby-ish vibes in the in the party sequences and champagne's flowing people are jumping in the pool in their tuxedos and their dresses and um i i love the um I love the the pool shots where it's very clearly being shot from the middle of the pool panning around like a complete 360 and you're getting all of these different people dancing and and again jumping in the pool and having their own little moments um it is it is really interesting and yeah she is that is just really not her scene but she had a really shitty day and just getting pumped up by her friends gave a little pep in her step and you know why not so yeah but her day still ends up sucking because when she leaves the party her car's been her car's been towed and she has to walk all the way home yeah but on her walk home yeah she hears music being played from a restaurant Mm -hmm. she goes inside and then we cut back to the beginning and we're back at the beginning this time we get to see Sebastian's day after mm-hmm. he disapprovingly shakes his head at her. And gets flipped off. And gets flipped off. We see he's driving to a rest, uh, to a club, uh, basically across the street from the club. He gets like a coffee and he just stares at this club. Yeah. Um, and then he goes home. And if you're paying attention, his shirt changes from brown to blue. I would never would have uh, never would have noticed that if you hadn't pointed it out. Uh, according to them, this this scene when he gets home was supposed to be later in the movie, and that's why his shirts are changed. I don't know. I I'd like to think that he could have changed in the car when I was younger, and I had a lo- <laughs> when I was younger and I had a long drive to work. Guess what I had? Driving pants. They were pajamas. 
I would wear my driving pants, I'd get to work, and then I'd put on my nice pants. So maybe he's got driving shirts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he gets home. Uh, his sister's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically lives in, like, disarray. Everything is in yeah. boxes and kind of all over the place. And he's been there for a while, apparently. Yeah, we find out that he's past due on a bunch of bills because he doesn't really have a job because he got... There were shenanigans. No, he got shanghaied is what he says. Shanghai. He got shanghaied out of a deal to... I love that term. Like, buy this club, and his sister's like, everybody knew he was shady except for you, and you need to get a job. I know this nice girl. You should go. You should call her. And then, like, my favorite line in the whole movie yeah, your is, favorite like, line. does she like jazz? And he's, uh, she's like, I don't know. If she doesn't, then what are we going to talk what about? What are we going to talk about? I remember you loving that so much because you, you would be like... Well, that's how I feel about movies. That is how I feel about movies. Like, uh, uh, if you didn't like movies, this wouldn't be happening. <laughs> she doesn't like movies. What? What would we possibly talk about? Exactly. I don't know anything else. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so he, from there, um, we cut again and again. He's back in his brown shirt because yeah. the scene changes. Uh, he's just playing piano. It's Christmas time. Trying to, like, time. learn this song. Oh, right. And then we cut to, he's in a nice suit. He's at this restaurant. J.K. Simmons shows up. Yep. Uh, J.K. Simmons worked with Damon Chazelle on Whiplash previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently he was asked during the filming of Whiplash if he would be in the, this movie. Really? As, like, a walk-on role. And he said yes, so he's potentially the first person ever cast for it. Man, and he, J.K. Simmons is so good at what he does. They they apparently made a joke about him basically playing the same character. He's... It's just years later, and he's given up the music game. Oh, and from that's, Whiplash. And that's why he doesn't want to hear jazz music, is because he's he's put that life behind him. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I wouldn't even thought about that. that that's what they said in the commentary. It's just a little funny i'm gonna believe that um because he is still kind (laughs) of a jerk (laughs) yeah you can believe it if you want to i'm gonna um (laughs) yeah it is pretty funny uh so he's there he's basically he needs this job he needs the money so he's just playing christmas carols and stuff like silent night and jingle bells and whatnot and then he just gets a wild hair and starts to play a random jazz song and it's really good and he stands up and he's like, oh shit. And J.K. Simmons calls him over, you're fired. And as he's leaving, he bumps into Mia. He basically shoulder checks mm. her and just keeps walking. Yeah. And it and it was a conversation that he, him and J.K. Simmons, the, the restaurant manager, had, which is, you know, you need to promise me that you are only going to play basically hokey Christmas songs. And he's like, okay, but I can throw, like, one of my own in there, right? And he's like, absolutely not. And he goes, okay. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. And he's like, absolutely not. Don't even think about going and riffing off on your own outside of fem- family-friendly Christmas songs. And the, the moment just kind of... he He's so convinced that no one in that restaurant could give less of a shit what he's playing. So he just kind of... the The moment and... The music takes over him, and he goes off onto this beautiful med- medley that he just melts into like butter. And that's why at the end of the song, he's, I mean, his hair is falling over his face, and now he's standing up while he's playing, and he ends it. And everyone in the restaurant is just at a standstill in 
I'd like to think in awe and not shocked that it's not Christmas music. I think shocked. Maybe a little bit of shock. I would have been down with it. And then the moment he starts getting at the end where he's like, I would have been like, uh, what the hell? (laughs) It's, it it reminds me a little bit of like, good sound effects. It reminds me a little bit of like in Back to the Future. Remember when he starts off playing, playing the guitar at the end, Johnny Be Good. And then when he ends it and everyone's like, well, we were, we were starting, we were liking it at the beginning and now we don't know what you're doing. That kind that's kind of what it reminded me of. But, um, but yeah, so J.K. Simmons character said, absolutely not. You're gone. That was your last chance. Um, that he tries to plead. He was like, you can't fire me. It's Christmas. And he's like, yeah, I saw the decorations. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so from there, we get to see some more auditions that Mia goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple quick cuts of her auditioning and things not really going anywhere. Uh, and then she's at a party. She's at another party. And this time she kind of seems like she's maybe alone at the party. And she hears some music being played. She goes over, and it's like this 80s cover mm-hmm. band. And lo and hold, surprise to no one, there's Sebastian, dressed up in his best 80s get-up, playing uh, electric hey. keyboard and electric keyboard yeah. guitar. And she suggests that they play Iran. And he very clearly... He is, doesn't want to. He very clearly is not having a great time, and he feels... You can see in his face how embarrassed he is, and the, the lead singer keeps trying to get him to be like, hey, like, hey, ugh, act a little bit more. Like, be a little bit more dramatic. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. But I would also like to say that one of my favorite, one of my, I mean, I have so many favorite scenes, but one of my favorite out of the, the little montage of all of the um, auditions that she was going on were, was the one where she was like, you can't be at, she's she's talking to someone and they're reading the script back to her and she's obviously supposed to be a teacher she's like you can't be acting like that and then the person with the script goes mrs so-and-so you be acting a fool and she goes no jamal you be acting a fool and it was so seriously done it was so funny but anyway yeah so it, it was really funny at the party her her one of her friends are is there and i think that she's trying to set her up to have a conversation with some random oh, guy really he's a writer he's a, a writer yeah, yeah a screenplay and writer. he's just like this short guy that just loves didn't, to didn't he, you hear his idea he, he yeah. wants to do goldilocks but from the bears but perspective. from the bears perspective yeah he's just, he just looks obnoxious and she immediately shuts it down she's like yeah i'm gonna go get a drink yeah so i'm not i don't want to sit here and listen to you listen to yourself <laughs> And she does a little dance to Iran. Uh, and then, if you've ever seen uh, our live show that we do on Fridays, uh, a clip that's used to end the like opening credits that we've made yeah. is from this scene where Ryan Gosling, he Sebastian comes up and confronts her and is like, I'm a serious musician. You can't ask a serious musician to play Iran. And he's like, yeah, and I she's remember like, you. Well, she, she, I'm an actress. And he's like, oh yeah, have I seen you in anything? And she's like... Well, maybe at the coffee shop on the thing. And he's yeah. like, oh, so you're a barista. Yeah. How nice it is of you to, to talk down for me from so high up there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the part that we use on our on our opening for our stream is it ends with him putting glasses on and going, I guess I'll see you in the movies. I'll see you in the movies. But it, it, was, it was such a funny little interaction because he does recognize her and then he goes out of his way in the party to go find her to... Yeah. To say, hey, I am serious. I am a serious musician. And and her being like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And him going, okay, I remember you, and I might have been a little bit curt, 
<laughs> or an asshole. <laughs> He's like, but that that doesn't mean that you can treat me this way or whatever. So they have like a very cute little back and forth where they're both trying to, you know, uh, well, I'm serious about I'm serious about what I do. Well, yeah. all right then, whatever. It's almost like when like it's almost like when little kid like the kid pulls on your pigtail and you know or throws a rock at you. Did you have that happen? Did you get a rock thrown at you? <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't like, think I've ever tried to throw a rock at a girl well, not, to get her attention. <laughs> not like a river rock, like a pebble or something. I don't think I've ever thrown any sort of rock at someone. But it, it was well, just not at a girl. Oh. <laughs> not to be like, I think you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you, but I like you. Um, but yeah, it, it was a fun little moment where they both just kind of razzed each other. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, went went their separate ways. Yeah, they go their separate ways until the end of the party when uh, Sebastian's leaving and Mia catches him and says, hey, George Michael. Yeah. Um, Which he very get, begrudgingly turns around to. Get, get my keys. There's a fun little joke that apparently everybody drives a Prius. Uh, yeah, um, everyone in L.A. He gets her keys. It helps her escape the screenplay guy. Who's still trying to chatter up <laughs> and probably take her home. Um, and then they walk to try and find her car. Right. Her little clicker horn things not working which you very rudely made a comparison and said that that was oh me. yeah i did say <laughs> that that's how maggie is she would get she gets lost in a parking lot so. I, I i'm in a constant state of losing my car my phone and my glasses <laughs> yeah but i have the argument that i don't have a clicker <laughs> oh so if i had a clicker i could find my car all the time yeah but what about your phone or your glasses those don't have clickers. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately not. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Market that. Yeah. People might maybe buy it. Shark Tank, here I come. <laughs> um, so they, they're walking up this hill, um, and they come to, like, a lamp post and a bench. Which I walked on. I walked that hill. Yeah, of course. That's, that's, the, that's number one. Yeah. We're going to keep tally. Um... And it's at night, it's at like sunset, and there's this beautiful shot of uh, the city behind them mm-hmm. with the mountains in the in the background, and the sun is just like low enough that there's a little bit of like an orangish pink, purple pink. looking color, it's very beautiful. and then it's dark. Um, they said that they have filmed the, this over two nights, that scene, just because I guess in California, and specifically that area, there's only like a 30 minute window where it's like 10 minutes previously it looked daytime yeah and in five minutes it's gonna be pitch pitch black black. yeah so they had to film that over two nights but it comes up and we get uh, another musical number and the first dance Mm -hmm. number with the two of them um and i love this one which is the like the iconic dance scene it's the scene that's on the the posters the dvd what a waste of a lovely night what a waste of a lovely night and she's She's wearing this perfect yellow dress. She's in heels, and then she chains, changes out into these shoes, which I throughout the movie I keep trying to think of what they're called. They're like those those classic black and white tip tap shoes. The tap shoes, but you you know like that classic look um, of what it is. It's something toe 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 or tongue. I don't remember. I do not know. Um, but uh, but yeah. So she changes out into these cute black and white tap shoes and he's got his black and white shoes um and they just have this fantastic dance number that their chemistry is off the charts they 
they they work so well together. I mean, I'm sure that they practice that number a gajillion times. Um, I practice it myself alone um, <laughs> <laughs> many times myself. Not as good, um, but uh, but the 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 choreography again just impeccable. It's so detailed down to the littlest teeny tiny things. Such a such a such a great scene. Yeah, I really like the dance number there. Um, and, and basically they're singing about, like, it's such a shame I'm not interested in yeah. you because this would be a lovely night otherwise. Yeah, I don't like you. Yeah. You're not that You're not that good looking. You're not that charming. <laughs> you know, again, it's like that pull, pull and, and, you know, back and forth of... I don't remember exactly what she says, but it's something like, I wouldn't even... Uh, something something calling. He's like, but you would call. Oh yeah, she was like, I'll be the. I, you think you're not interested in me, or you think this oh, isn't going well? How about I think I, that'll be my call. I think that'll be my call. And he goes, yeah. but you'll call. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's very fun, flirty, and it's it's. I can't watch it and not smile. It's just so charming. And yeah, if if I was a teenager and I watched this. I would have swooned and just been like, well, if a boy doesn't want to sing to me and, you know, blah, 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 then whatever. <laughs> if he doesn't want to sing and dance with yeah. me. Yeah. Don't yeah. need him. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck finding that. Yeah. Uh, from there, uh, she does use her clicker, finds the car, just happened to be right there in front of him the whole time. She gets a call. She gets a call. It's Greg. It's Greg. Her oh, boy. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It, he, the, a phone call kind of ruins a little bit of their, their moment, and it's her... Boyfriend. Boyfriend. And they pack up their stuff, and they... Right, uh, Sebastian, you know, you can tell he heard as soon as she said, Oh, Greg! He was like, All right, well, let's pack this up. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs her purse, you know, and helps walk her to her car. And then he walks all the way down the hill back to the house because his car was parked right out front. All along. She said, do you, want me to, do you want me to drive you to your car? And he goes, oh, no, it's right here. And she's like, okay, well, bye. She yeah. takes off. And then he acts like he's starting to walk a certain direction. And then he goes all the way back down the hill. So he went very, very out of his way to make sure that she found her car and got there safely, which is very cute. Yeah. We see... Um... She's having a better day the next morning. She kind of, like, peppy step mm -hmm. as she's walking into work. Uh, while she's there, uh, Sebastian shows up because mm -hmm. he knew where to find her. Yep. Um, he says he just ran past the guard to get onto yeah. the lot. Um, she takes her break, points out that straight across from this cafe was a window from Casablanca where Ingrid Bergman and Humphrey Bogarts looked out. Mm -hmm. uh, so going back to her obsession with the old... Hollywood starlet. Um, she also mentions that she writes her own plays. Mm -hmm. Or that she did write her own plays when she was younger. A little right. bit of foreshadowing for what's to come later. Uh, and as they're walking, they're just walking along this lot. There's a lot of things being shot and filmed and whatever. Um, we do see in the background these two people in a red dress and a blue, blue suit, suit. Who were like body doubles for Emma and Ryan. That was pretty funny. I, I loved I loved them walking around the back lot again. 
because you've been there. Tooting my own horn because I got to walk around uh, the back lot at Universal. And it is true. When you're walking around back there, I, I walked through Westworld and um, a couple. And then you go through a neighborhood. And we did. We actually had to stop because they were filming something um, in one of the... It was where they used, they filmed... It's a, it's a big suburban neighborhood and they filmed Desperate Housewives there like back way back in the day and they were filming something else new um in front of one of those things and we had to stop and be quiet so i i like that they're walking around and all of a sudden they have to stop and be quiet because there's production and we're rolling we're rolling and i love that that sebastian seems slightly like unbothered by like he's not very he's not he doesn't have stars in his eyes at like where he is and what's happening he's just like all right well you know People are yeah. working. Ooh, we'll be quiet. This is where he finds out that she doesn't like jazz. Yes. <laughs> and he goes, what are you doing right now? And she's like, nothing. Yeah. So he takes her to a, a jazz club called The Lighthouse mm-hmm. to listen to some jazz and very almost pretentiously, or I mean, I guess you could call it pretentious, explain to her jazz. Yeah. <laughs> and why? It, I guess. Yeah, I guess kind of mansplain it, but I... I love this scene so much because of how he shows a a level of vulnerability to this person that's new to him in his life, that he doesn't really know all that well. And he's showing just his love and passion for, you know, this aspect of his life. And I love that scene and the way he explains it. And he's just like, you know, explaining jazz and music, and he says, it's just, it's so exciting. And I love when he says that, because I feel like everybody should have, if they don't, they should have something in their life that they feel that, like, passionately about. about, like, just unapologetically passionate. And I love him um, taking the time to to bring her out to show her you know, this isn't what you grew up on. You know, you grew up on elevator jazz music. This is the real stuff. This is what you need to understand. Um, and so I, I, I love that scene. And you can tell that she she is open-minded. She came right out and said, I'm not a fan of this. I don't like it, but I will take your word for it. And I will at least give it a try. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's she says at one point later on in the movie, uh, people like people that are passionate about something and it really does draw you in if i if i have a friend and they are so passionate that this book is so amazing and life-changing i will read it after the seven books i haven't read yet (laughs) no i'm just i'm just wondering you say that and how how many times have i said one piece anyway (laughs) i'm working on it (laughs) that's neither here nor there I appreciate that you are passionate about One Piece. Uh-huh. That's neither that's here the po- the, that's here the nor there. That's the, anyway. Uh, so what's the next next scene? What's next? Um, so they... Um, the next thing that they're talking about is that there's a movie that she hasn't seen. And he's saying, oh, well it's... Oh, yeah, she gets the call, a call back for right, the audition. For an audition. And he says, you described it to me as like the OC meets something. Yeah. And she's like, 
Uh, I might have been a little harsh on it. It's more like Rebel Without a Cause. Rebel Without a Cause. And he says a line from the movie and then goes, you've never seen it. It went went right over her head. She has no idea what he's talking about. So he does invite her to go see a showing of Rebel Without a Cause starring James Dean at the Realto. I forget exactly what the name of the theater is. I don't remember what the theater's name is, but it's still cute because they still are kind of on their whole, like, I don't like you, but I like you thing. So he kind of stammers his words and saying, like, well, I, I might go, well, do you want to go, I'll, I'll take you to see it, which, um, which is kind Does of, that sound familiar? it sounds a little familiar. <laughs> I like, I like Joaquin Phoenix. Do you like Joaquin Phoenix? It's playing at this theater. If you go, uh, I'll go. I'll buy the tickets. Okay. What is, what is that? Oh, that's a true story. That's a real life oh yeah it's real life what's that a true story about uh it's a it's a story it came out a couple it's a movie that it it's it came out a couple years ago that's all i got i don't have it <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what she was what she was mimicking there <laughs> is essentially how our first day yeah date that was went. how our first date went well, I want to go see. Do you want to go see the movie? All right. We'll just. I don't remember go. how we got talking about Joaquin Phoenix, but she's like, I like Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. I was like, Oh, he's got a new movie coming out called Don't yeah. Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. And I was like, I saw a preview for that. I heard about it. I want to see <laughs> and that. And then I was like, I just happened to be going <laughs> to see it. <laughs> if you want to go, well, let's just go together. That's um, how it works. So anyways, that's how it works. <laughs> you and you and Sebastian. Um, <laughs> So ba- that's basically what it was. It was that well, I'll I'll take you to see this, but for for research and no other research, purposes. Yeah. This is for research yeah. for her audition. Um, so uh, so yeah, it, it's it's them getting. And I'm pretty sure there's a, a part where she's like, she she goes home, mm-hmm. uh, and Greg shows up mm-hmm. because they're supposed to go out for dinner with his brother, which she completely forgot which about. She forgot about. And what's interesting too is that she's smiling in her in her bedroom to her like to herself she's smiling and then when Greg comes in her smile like the sparkle in her face in her eyes dies like immediately and then he reminds her about the dinner and she's just like oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so she goes out to dinner uh Greg's brother's really boring uh, your standard, typical d- guy in a suit with mm-hmm. a fancy job or whatever as movies yeah. portray it. And insufferable. Yeah. Um, and then she starts to hear some music, which she thinks is coming from a speaker, but yeah. then it plays louder and it's you realize it's not actually in the scene. She's yeah. hearing it herself yes. and it's reminding her of S- Sebastian. Uh, so she says, I'm sorry, I gotta go. Just deuces out of there. What's funny about this scene, too, is that they are suddenly in this very fancy restaurant. Like, it's very formal. They're wearing formal outfits. Um, and you it's hard to hear it um, at first, but we're kind of panning in, and as we're honing in on her starting to kind of fade out, um, you can hear the, the people at the table talking about movies and the way that they're talking. Are they? Yeah. Oh. And they're going... Ugh, the movies are just terrible lately. 
Like every time you go in there, it's gross. There's too oh, many Oh yeah, they're people. talking about it being dirty. Yeah. It's dirty. It's not fun. Like, wouldn't you rather like go somewhere else or something like that? And she, that's when she starts to internally hear the reminder of Sebastian, who would love to go to like some grimy. Who is theater. that a theater? Who is that a theater? That isn't a fancy restaurant where you have to be formally dressed and and whatever and. She just realizes, like, this is not it for me. I can't relate to these people. It reminded me, it reminds me a lot of um, the scene in Titanic when Rose is at the dinner table when she realizes, I don't want this life. I don't like the fancy things. I, I want to go and have fun and do and, um, and all of that. And so, yeah, she just says, peace. Peace. I'm out. Um, she shows up at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Rebel Without a Cause is already playing. She does the most inconsiderate thing I could it ever imagine. And instead of just like looking down the rows yeah. where you would be able to, it's not like this place is packed. And it's small. You could very clearly look down a row and be like, oh, there he is. Instead, she walks up to the front of the crowd, right in front of the screen, stands up on stage, looking out for him. Yeah. I would have been. I would, I, I would have been, ang- I would have been angry. Get down. Yeah. Um. So they go and sit down. They start watching Rebel Without a Cause. They have a cute little hand touchy moment. Yeah. Uh. And then they're about to kiss, and the film breaks. Yeah. Just comes to a complete halt. And one of my notes on this was, I absolutely love the way that. Because he he obviously was feeling disappointed that she didn't show up on time. And he's probably thinking, well, I'm just going to go in here. I already got the tickets. I'm just going to watch the movie by myself. So he looks, you know, downtrodden and, you know, disappointed. And as soon as he sees that Mia's there, the way that his face lights up is so cute and charming. And again, very like, I don't know, like very innocently adorable um and they spend pretty much uh, the the majority of the movie just kind of smiling before they both make little side eyes at each other's hands and slowly inch them together before they finally touch and 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 hold and it's so cute yeah so cute yeah i love it well before they can kiss they gotta leave the theater Mm because the film reels busted yeah and they decide well we're watching rebel without a cause Mm mm-hmm we do see a scene from Rebel Without a Cause, yes. which is at the Griffith Observatory. Yeah. So they decide, let's go to the Griffith Observatory. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, you can't do at night when there's no one else there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You'll get arrested. <laughs> so, uh, funnily, the, the commentary pointed out that you can only film there on Mondays, mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to touch anything. Right. Um, which is interesting in that they ended up, because they used the planetarium... Mm-hmm. They had to build their own planetarium in order to do wiring and stuff for these scenes. I was surprised about um, that. But I was curious just to see... Uh, so, I mean, I didn't, like, delve too hard into it, but I looked up the Griffith Observatory, and it's used in loads of movies Lots of for stuff. things. And TV, uh, they use it as B-reel in, like, the Kardashians yeah. and all kinds of stuff. But it was made... Although there were movies that had filmed there before rebel without a cause rebel without a cause goes there twice throughout its course of its movie rebel without a cause neither have i um so there's a bust of james dean at the observatory 
because they sort of internationally popularized the observatory. So even though tons of places go to it and use it, it's always going to be pretty uh, much linked to Rebel Without a Cause. Um... <laughs> Uh, so the, the observatory is interesting. They do Maggie did point out that basically they're they're there alone. They like broke in or, or something, um, and they're just kind of walking around it. Uh, we get a nice little musical number, and then it kind of goes to a scene that I feel pretty indifferent about. Um, and basically, they they're into the planetarium. They they turn it on because they know how to work that thing to show the stars on the ceiling, and then they. They just kind of float off. It's like a dream sequence type thing where they're they're dancing with each other among the stars and all that. And it feels too, for me, it's 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 a little too. It's too dreamy, hopeful, whatever you want to call it. It's just a it's a little too much for me at that point. Even if it's like supposed to be representative of like two people newly in love or something it's it's just a little too hokey for me i guess is what i'd say disagree yeah we'll disagree with it i would also like to state that i you've been there i've been there and i touched everything i could so there's a good chance that i touched something that ryan gosling touched or emma stone touched so, I got famous people DNA on my hands. Uh-huh. I don't think that's how that works. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had fun um, in the observatory. The, I, I understand a little bit where you're coming from, but to me, I find that scene to be um, not silly. I find it to be a little bit more whimsical. I think it's... And while we were watching it, I started to say this, and you were like, bop, 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 write it down. (laughs) Just stop. Um, I was telling her during it, anytime she wanted to say something, I was like, no, write it down. Save it it for the recording. I think it, I I find it, at least to me in my head, I think it's very representative of how you feel when you first start out in a relationship or when you first meet someone and there's a little spark there. The honeymoon phase. The honeymoon, everything is new, everything is exciting, you have butterflies, and, I mean, quite literally, with them, like, you're on cloud nine, and you're feeling, you know, out of this world, so I felt like it was, I felt like it was very representational of, like, how how someone who's falling in love might feel, and I absolutely love the dance, the, when they're not floating, when they're actually doing, like, the solid dance sequence, um, I love that. I've seen so many. When they're silhouettes. The silhouettes. Yeah. I've seen so many YouTube videos and TikToks where people did that for their wedding dance, or you know something similar, and I I loved it. I it works for me. It didn't. It doesn't take anything away from 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 it for me. Also, I'm not saying it takes anything away from it. I just there was a bug in my drink. I'm pretty indifferent to it. Oh, well, I'm glad you let everybody know that. <laughs> I got it out. Don't worry. Out. Wow. Okay then. But that's why I went. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um. So where do they go after the Griffith Observatory? Um. So after the is Griff- this where it cuts to uh, winter? S- summertime. 
Now it's summertime because okay. yeah, we were we were in winter. Oh yeah, so now they're in like a full relation. See, this is what I like better. This is this is if it was me, mm-hmm. uh, like if I had any say, I would have probably cut out the planetarium dance thing because I think the summertime thing represents the same thing. It's a montage yeah. of them going places, doing things, having ha- being happy, having like successes in their yeah. life, which is representative of this new relationship and all these good right. things building and building and building. I don't. I just don't feel like you need the observatory part. The the summertime montage. At least not the dance. It's so fun and colorful, and you're getting to see them have these, um, you know, those fun, silly moments. We're seeing a version of her that you we didn't see when she was like at dinner with Greg or any any sort of emotion that we got with, when she was with Greg. Now she's. She's running. She's playful. She's dancing by herself. She's, um, you know, it's just they're just having like the the time of their life together, going on these little adventures and little excursions and um, being silly. They they've stopped by that that restaurant that he's staring at at the beginning, um, and oh, they, yeah. they 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 kind the of Samba's the Samba's place. Tapas place, and they kind of like they're walking past it and they stop and they just look at each other and they just like mentally decide that she's going to go and try to attempt to hold the doors closed so no one can come out so and catch them the so he can so sign. he can rip the sign off and then they just both run away like silly little kids uh, uh we also so get a part he's playing piano at the lighthouse uh and damon chazelle mentions damien chazelle mentions he's used this shot three uh this would be the third time where he um he calls it a call and response where he films one thing happening, then turns the camera to get a response, then turns it back. And he used it previously in Whiplash and a movie called Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench. And this was the third time where he plays a number on the piano, we cut to her doing a dance. Then right. back to him on the piano, then her dancing. I love that. I love that you're you're seeing both of them just being free and being themselves and um you're also seeing I, I love the scene when she is dancing to him playing jazz music because we're going from her saying I don't like this and the way that she says that is like and you're not going to convince me to like it to she's just jamming out and she's doing it by herself so that means that she's got all the confidence she doesn't have a care about it. She's just gonna dance whatever feels right. Have I coerced you into liking something that you didn't like before? Hmm. I'm 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 working on on one piece. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure there's 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 something that uh, I like that I did that I didn't care for quite before. Okay. Um <laughs> I played some video games. You have played some video games, but not necessarily because of me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, in the same moment, we get introduced to the first time to Keith, mm-hmm. played by John Legend, in his Mr. Chrissy Teigen in his first like full film role, um, and he plays basically an old friend of uh, Sebastian's mm-hmm. who has invited him to play keyboard in his band. Yeah, uh, and at in the moment. Sebastian turns him down. Right. We also, somewhere in between this, get the first conversation that Seb's dream is to buy this place mm-hmm. 
turn it into a club, mm-hmm. uh, and name it Chicken on a Stick. Chicken on a Stick. Because an old jazz musician's nickname was Chick... Uh, Bird. Was Bird because he liked chicken. Right. And then with drums and other things, Chicken on a Stick. Uh, Mia thinks that it's a terrible name. Awful name. Uh, she's wrong. <laughs> um, We're quite fond of it. But he continuously tells her it has to be chicken on a stick. No negotiation. And yeah. she she draws up a, a cute little, you know, logo for the... Oh, yeah, that says Sebs. That and says it's, Sebs. It's a music note for an apostrophe. Yeah. And he's like, wow, that's amazing. And she's like, yeah, I think this would be perfect. Please don't do chicken on a stick. Whatever you do, just anything but that. <laughs> and and our, our logo, uh, which is very amateurishly put together by me, is in the style of yeah. Uh, when you go into, I forget, I think it's into the lighthouse, maybe. There's a... Basically, there's a neon sign. Yeah. I don't think it's exactly... It might be the one that says Sebs when you finally see it. But it is a circle with the wording in it. Right. And it's underlined and stuff. Um, but obviously very heavily influenced. I love that they put um, John Legend in this. He really nails the role. Um, and obviously you have to think about how excited he was to have been approached not only for a movie but for a movie that's pretty much centered around jazz and love like that's, and that's he right mu- up his alley. he must have been like that is absolutely perfect for me um so yeah i'm he he does a great job in that role i love john legend yeah yeah um so at one point while they're kind of going through all this seb does overhear me on a, having a phone conversation with her mother mm-hmm where she very loudly and almost inconsiderately talks about him not having a job and that he'll find something steady and he's doing gigs and blah, blah, blah. And that very clearly pushes him to be like, okay, she wants me to have like a normal job, so I'm going to go see Keith about playing keyboard in his band. Yeah, she's. you can hear her on the phone saying, you know, I don't know, maybe he's got savings, but... Um, you know, everything's going to be okay. You do, you know, it wasn't, I don't think that she was purposely trying to put him down to her mom, but I think her mom was probably like, oh, so you're with the unemployed piano player or something like that. And it, it was kind of one of those things that it probably hurt his feelings, but on the other hand, it also lit a fire for him to think, well, I... I want her mom to think, wow, that she's with the successful guy. And, you know, I want to be able to provide for her. So, uh, so yeah, that's, I think that's what really pushed him over the edge to say, you know what, I thought this was a terrible idea at first, but if it's going to pay the bills, let's go for it. Yeah. I'm more than capable to do it. Yeah. So he starts to play with them, and it's very much not traditional jazz. It is, it's got... Like, heavier beats and stuff. It's, it's like a weird, electro. like, R&B, jazz, yeah. sort of hybrid kind of thing. Um, which, it's pretty catchy. I mean, the I play, in John catchy. Legend, there's a little scene where um, John Legend, to... There was some improvisation to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gives this little speech about, like, in order for... Like, yeah, you love jazz. I love jazz. Yeah. But... Like, you play at the small club to 90-year-old people, where are all the young people? Like, mm-hmm. jazz is never going to move forward if you don't 
try something new. Yeah. Like, you need to revolutionize. Mm-hmm. You can't just be a traditionalist. Right. Um, if you want jazz to survive or be, like, find a new following and yeah. stuff like that. And that's his whole whole thing. Um, Who wants modernized jazz? Yeah. It is, it is catchy. Yeah. So, he decides to basically sign on for it. Mm-hmm. He signs on the dotted line to become a permanent member of the band, to write up an album with them, mm-hmm. tour... All that jazz. Da 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Unintentionally, yeah. but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so he starts to have this career. Um, the, the group makes it pretty big. Um, uh, Mia started to write her own one-woman show. Mm-hmm. She's basically sold everything she has in order to put the show on. Yeah. Um. She does, at one point, go to a concert. And this is where we get the song, Feels So Good Tonight. Is that what the name of the song is? Mm-hmm. Huh. Feels so good tonight. I didn't know that was what the name of the song was. Yep. Um, anyway, she Mia's watching in the crowd, mm-hmm. and she sees Sebastian kind of start playing, and then realizes, like, this isn't what he wants like this isn't his dream yes he's going along with it and he's making money and whatever but it's like this definitely is not what he wanted and you can read it on her face it's all just like face acting of Mm -hmm. her watching him and being like this isn't this is not what you want at all that's exactly what i thought um and that i wrote down was that while we're watching mia we're watching mia in the crowd realizing that the music isn't what she learned to love from Sebastian. So he he taught her this the little things to to love about jazz. He he brought her onto it and that's why she loves it so much. And now she's watching him go back on all of those things performing a song that is so much more commercial and and something that's really going against his passion that that started this whole thing. And it's it's sad because you can see he's obviously, while he's performing, he's obviously, you know, smiling for the crowd. He's not going to look miserable. But there's almost some sort of blankness behind his expression. It's like forcing oh. forcing a smile. You're like, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. I, I think, think he, so. he's, he's enjoying having success at it. Um, but it is as she points out, basically derailment of what his actual dreams are. There is there is a point while she's in the crowd that he goes off on his own little piano riff that she gets completely pushed back by a group of screaming women and girls. Or girls. And she's kind of like realizing, oh, is this, this is like a heartthrob kind of like, like they're like fangirling over him. Um, so maybe, maybe that that's also him feeling that bit of success that he hasn't had before. <laughs> to have groupies? I guess. I guess. It's the opposite of getting kicked out of, for playing not Christmas music at a family restaurant. That's true. So that that, that was a, a scene where you could really see on her face that he's kind of go he's kind of taking a fork in the road from what he said his original idea was. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we cut to, at this point, 
uh, we've switched from summer, now it's fall. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mia's rented out a theater to put on her one-woman show, Leaving Boulder, I believe is Mm -hmm. what it's called. Uh, She's inviting everybody whose email she can think of. Yep. (laughs) Um, And she's excited to put it on. And one night she comes home and she's surprised by Sebastian being there. Mm-hmm. He's cooked this whole dinner for her. He's in town just until the morning before He's they leave again. lit candles and... Yep. He's lit candles, made a bunch of stuff, and they sit down to eat and then we get probably the most... the longest static scene in mm-hmm. the entire movie. And it's a back and forth of close-ups of uh, her... And him back and forth as they're eating dinner at this table. And what starts off generally positive quickly turns mm-hmm. because he he says, okay, well, we got to leave in the morning. We're going to Boise, Idaho. Um, you can come with me. You should come with me. And she's like, well, why, why would I go? He's like, well, why not? Can't you just, you know, practice your mm-hmm. play anywhere? And she's like, well, no. I've, like, given up everything I have for this Mm -hmm. so like no i need to be here and it kind of sparks into this argument which is funny because it it seemed like it started off as a joke he's like well why don't you come with me to boise yeah and she's like haha yeah it's always been on my list of places to see and then she starts to move the the subject onto something else and he's like no wait why but why can't you yeah and it goes from like light-hearted and haha you know why to oh you're seriously because she ends up asking like so you're so you're definitely in this for the long haul and he's yeah. like well what do you what do you mean and she's like well what's what's the plan it's like what happens after touring is like well after we tour we'll make a new record mm-hmm. and then we'll tour, tour for that, that record and then we'll make another one and she's like oh so so you're like you're really into this and he's like well what do you mean that's what you wanted for me yeah and she's like what do you mean i wanted for you and he's like you wanted me to settle down to have a job to have something that's this like, what do you mean? Yeah. And she's like, I I didn't want you to give up on your dreams. And he's like, well, I, I don't know. He's definitely at a loss of yeah. understanding as to, like, I heard you literally talk about how I don't have anything. Yeah. And that I need to have something. And, like, now that I do, all of a sudden you're not happy with me. And, and she points out, well, do you even like the music? And he's like, well, what's the matter? Yeah. Like, it's a job. I'm doing a job. What yeah. it, What does it matter? And obviously it matters a lot to her. And, and he's like, I've got, you know, people like it. Mm-hmm. And she says, when have you ever cared what people like? And then yeah. he snaps at her and says, you're the actress. What are you talking about? Yeah. And that, of course you want people to like you. That, that stung. Like that hit her, you know, very harshly. Um, I feel like in this scene at the dinner table, they're both slowly realizing that something isn't the way that it was before. Like, something has shifted a little bit. But the set... And, and he he does lash out. I mean, maybe they, they both lash out in a certain way, and they say things that they don't mean, which, if you're, you know, if you've been in a relationship for a long time, that's obviously something that can happen. Um... But it's it's so sad because their relationship is suddenly feeling unsteady. But it's because both of them 
want the other to be successful and doing what they love. And, um, you know, she just wants to make sure that what he's doing is happy and he's not doing it for the wrong reasons, but he's wanting to do this to take care of her. And, you know, maybe a part of him thinks maybe if her acting stuff doesn't go great, he, she can lean on him or something. And, um, and yeah, it's just, it's this weird, it's a sad fight between two people that in the end they're they're they love each other so they're they're wanting each other to be okay and that's why it can be so upsetting to see someone that you care about isn't as passionate passionate about what they were before or or not pursuing things that would be the best for them or you know something like that it's it's a very very real type of relationship conversation to have and I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people go through that and, and it's hard and it's, you're trying to get on the same page with each other. Yeah. Um, so from there, um, we kind of go back and forth for this for a little while until the fire alarm goes off and the thing he was cooking is, is burning. Yeah. She kind of storms out and he's just kind of left like, what the hell? Um, the next shot is, uh, her, her play is going off that night. She's getting ready. He's supposed to be there. He promised he'd he's, be there. He's leaving their, like, the band practice session. The studio. And as he's leaving, Keith comes up to him and says, hey, we got that photo shoot tonight. He's like, what? It's, mm-hmm. I thought it was next week. He's like, no, it's tonight. Is that an issue? And he doesn't speak up. He just goes along with it, so he's sitting at the photo shoot while Mia's play is going on. Yeah. And he's obviously miserable during the photo shoot. This is kind of where his point of realization of, like, I am doing something I don't want to do kind of settles in. Yeah. And he leaves the photo shoot, but it's too late. The, The play's already over. It's already revealed that after the lights come on in the house, after she's done... Only maybe, like, ten people had showed up, yeah. which were, like, her three roommates, and then a bunch of just kind of random people. It's just, people. like, a, a, a scattered, empty theater. Yeah. And you can just read it on her face that she's she's grateful, but she is absolutely heartbroken. Yeah. Absolutely heartbroken. And I, I think that we both agree that, and I'm sure the character did, in retrospect, that when that guy said, is that a problem, you needing to leave, he absolutely should have said no. Or, I mean, he should have, he said, should have yes. said yes. He should have said, I'm going, because I know how important this is to her. I know how important this is to Mia. And, you know, we we had a fight, and it didn't go great, and we're trying to support each other. He absolutely should have told him, this isn't, this isn't as important. She's poured her heart and soul into this. And money. Yeah, and I, I don't really understand why he didn't say no, other than if maybe he felt like he couldn't say no. Um, also, he should have called her. Yeah, he should have done something. Yeah. <laughs> send, send someone. Um, anyway, he he gets there. It's too late. The theater's closed. He's, like, trying to bang on the door and stuff. Mia comes out, and he's like, um, I'm so sorry I missed it. And she's in tears and just says, 
look, I'm done. I, I didn't even make enough to pay pay the theater back. Yeah. Um, I'm going home. And he's like, well, this is home. And she's like, no, I'm going back well, home to my home parents. Home. Yeah. I, I give up. I can't keep doing this. He, he realizes during the photo shoot, the gravity, I think, of what he did while it was too late that missing her play, what that would do. And I feel like the scene of them outside, she's loading, you know, her, her, props or whatever that was into her car to leave i feel like you can see on both of their faces that this was kind of a a big breaking point that maybe had he been there it, it could have ended with at least even if nobody really showed up if, if at least he had he could have ended the show by giving her flowers and a hug and a kiss and saying hey it doesn't matter i think you did great and that would have just that probably would have meant the world to her. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. And so she just broken and Yeah. That's time to take a break. Yeah, and then at that point, um we kinda get back with Sebastian. He's laying in his bed. Um, he gets a phone call and he tells the person he got the wrong number. She's not with me anymore. Yeah. I don't. I probably won't talk to her. But the person's like, I'm just trying to reach her because we want her to come in and do an audition for this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he realizes that's a big deal, so he drives all the way out to Boulder City, mm-hmm. Nevada, to go get her. Mm-hmm. And um, she's sitting at a dinner table with her father. There's a horn honking. She gets up and looks, and it's him outside just holding his horn, which is how he would always. Tell her that he was there. Because that's how they first met. And he... It, that is true. I don't know if the characters realize that I don't know if they not. know that either. <laughs> but um, she's like, how did you... He's like, you got this audition. She says she's not going. He goes, I'm going to be here at 8 a.m. to drive you there. So you better be ready. And then she's like, how did you even find me? And he goes, the house in front of the school. So he remembered yeah. things that he had to- she had told him about growing up. Um... And the next morning, he's there. It's like 8.05. He's not right on 8 o'clock. But she's not out there yet. Mm -hmm. So he's literally driving off as she walks up. Yeah. And she's like, I got coffee. He's like, well, okay, get in then. This this scene, um, this part of the movie, that's like my longest thing that I wrote about. Just because of how much I love this scene and how impactful and powerful I thought that it was. I love him going to go tell her that she got an audition. Even as bad as he feels, he still loves her and he still wants her to succeed. Even he realizes, yeah, I fucked up, but I I got this call. You probably don't want to hear from me. You probably don't want to see my face, but it's important and you got to go do it. And he... Oh, he scared me. <laughs> I swear to God. And he... um. <laughs> I thought there was a bug on me. Um, okay. Um, the she best... scares easily. I do scare easily. Um, I love this because it's one of the best emotional scenes in the movie to me. Because as soon as he tells her that she's got someone interested in her, she immediately says no. She didn't even hesitate. She's like, nope. I'm not well, yeah, going to do goes, that. What? Yeah, he gets <laughs> mad, mad. She says... 
no, I'm not going to do that. I just had a failed, you know, I just had my heart broken. She says she's tried for six years. She's tried and she's tired and she's done of being disappointed and rejected and she's not good enough. And he says, yes, you are. And she's like, no, I'm not. And he goes, and it's so great his the way that his character is here because he's not taking no for an answer. He's like, I'm going to support you whether you want me to or not. So I believe in you. You're great. If you don't believe in yourself, that's why I'm here. So basically, you can tell me to fuck off all you want, but I'm going to be here at 8 o'clock in the morning. I will take you to that audition myself. And that's just one of those things that like, we should all be so lucky is to have someone in our life that when you're feeling so down and so lost or sad or not confident to have someone be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be here. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I just, I love, I love that scene so much. And it, it makes me cry every single time I see it when she says, I'm not good enough. I thought that I was, and I'm not because find me one person in this world that hasn't felt that way about themselves at some point in life. Yes, you can. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he just raised his hand. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but everyone has felt that way in their life. And and it takes a lot to pick yourself up back up by the bootstraps and get back on the horse, you know? Whether you're in college or you're a grown-ass adult and you got a family and kids, it doesn't matter. Everyone's been through that. Everyone knows that heartache. And there's something about that scene where she wells up and cries that just gets me every time. So... Um, so yeah, I, I love that scene and I love that he sticks to his word. He's there exactly at eight o'clock and he thinks she's blowing him off and she's like, well, I j damn, calm down. I was just getting you some coffee. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so he takes her to the audition. Not only does he take her, he, he sits there and waits. He stays there. Um, it's not like, it's not really even an audition. Mm -hmm. I mean, it kind of is, but it almost seems like she's already got it from the way that the the people are talking yeah but the one woman who went to her play and saw it was like i'm so glad we found you yeah and the director uh is like look there's there's no script we're gonna shoot in paris mm -hmm. there's gonna be we're gonna build the story around the actress uh so there'll be three months of prep four month shoot and then you know we go from there so if you're cool with that just Tell us a story. And this is where she sings uh, the Dreams song. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what it's called. Um, she by here's, the, here's to the ones who dream. Yeah, here's to the ones who dream. And by the way, the whole time that they're telling her like this plan of theirs, she's just in shock because this is the first time that she's been to an audition. That she's been treated like a human, basically. Where she's been treated like a human. Every other time she's treated like a piece of trash. Yeah. Or she's not even there. And, or they can't even see her. And here they are the expressions on their faces like they look the other auditions she went to these people had just like i would rather die than be here right now faces <laughs> and here they're happy to see her and they shake her hand and you know what yeah why don't you tell us a story this is also tell us something one of the handful of times in the movie where uh she is actually singing and it's not a recording from a studio like from booth yeah. it was recorded on set, on set. Uh, of her singing there's this song and a few other songs that it happens in um and it's 
Yeah, it's just a big emotional moment that just basically is focusing on her and her face while she sings this yeah. song. Um, and then and then she leaves. Mm-hmm. And then they're outside of the Griffith uh, Observatorium again, talking about, well, what's the plan? Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't even know if I have it yet. He's like, of course you do. Um, but where do we stand? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I mean, nowhere, kind of. Yeah, he says, you know, well, when you get this part, and she's... Oh, when you get this part, when you get this you're part, going to Paris. And she says, if, and he goes, no, when, when you are going to go to Paris, and I'm going to stay here. Um, and work and, on his And things. work on things. And he, it's, it's so sweet because he's still so comforting and so believing in her that he, he does his best to not let her doubt herself. Like, when she's in his presence, you're not self, you're not, um, self-conscious. I believe in you enough for the both of us. And, and that's it. And, and I also really, really love that they did do that as a live singing audition, because it shows what a talented singer she, she is. Yeah. They don't do that in movies a lot. No. No, they do not. Mm-mm. Um, we also get at this point once it cuts from this scene we see it fades from the griffith observatorium into like a palm tree that is then shown to be a backdrop right that's I, getting pulled away and it now says uh is it five, it's not winter is it summer again uh it might be summer again it might be summer or springtime again but it says five years later yeah and, and you're just like oh we're seeing Mia walk onto the the back lot mm-hmm. into the coffee shop she used to work at. Now the people working there are looking at her like, "Oh my God, you're a big star." Just as in the same scene was. Just like she did, uh, she gets the coffee, um, then she leaves. They they say it's on us, and she says, oh, she no, says "No, I insist." Pay- yeah. and that's why I love that comparison scene because that was what she looked so doe eyed at, and now that's her, and she remembered that that's what that lady did, and she does right. it. Yeah, basically now you just know that like she's made it yeah. more or less. Um, Every everybody in the coffee shop staring at her, so she's she's the big time. Yep, she's she's big time. Yeah, and she she goes home. Get away, cat! <laughs> the cat was trying to climb the movie shelves. <laughs> Don't do um, that. She drives home, which this this shot confuses me because it looks like. What she's pulling into is like a hotel or something, or like I a dam- that too. like a castle. Yeah, and then she's just walking into like a home. It's just like a Santa Barbara so house. I can't tell if <laughs> if if like maybe it's elevated on like a, a ledge or something to make and it looks bigger, or if she just lives in an actual like castle in the middle of California. Or something. I think they're all pretty elevated. Again, from what I saw while I was there. Um. Anyway, she goes in. You find out that she's married now. And she has a kid. Spoiler alert. Or, well, spoiler alert. Well, <laughs> shocker, it's not Sebastian yeah, that she's married to. Not to Sebastian. It's a different man. Um, and they're, they're planning on going out for the night. And while they're going out, uh, they're supposed to be going to meet some friends for, like, a dinner, this fancy dinner. They get all nice dressed up and stuff. And they're driving down the highway. And the traffic's kind of stuck and whatever. And she just goes, you know... What if we just pull off here and get something to eat? 
And he's like, sure. So they pull off, Mm -hmm. they park, they go out and get something to eat, and as they're about to get back into their car, he hears some music from down the road and says, hey, why don't we... Why don't we stop in there? Yeah. You hear some live music playing. Now, we had seen previously... Uh, or, or maybe do we cut back to this? Uh, they go in, and when they go in, we see her face in shock. And when it shows what she's looking at, is it's a neon sign that says Sebs. And... We- Before you go into that, I, I don't know if this was like an actual choice, design choice or not. But I, I did like to make the note that, remember when I said, when we first start the movie and we're seeing her in her apartment when she's younger and it's colorful and it's eccentric and it kind of feels like her personality. When we see her in this house with her husband and her kid, the colors are neutral. All the furniture is very traditional. Everything is very matchy-matchy. And it's, you're seeing kind of that contrast between her being a little bit younger and free-spirited and now she's older mature she's got a kid and her decor i think reflects reflects that um as well so you're seeing her her personality be a little bit different i think that that's interesting yeah we did see uh at some point also after this time skip that sebastian has started his own club Mm -hmm. he basically gave up on buying the one that he wanted but he just gets one anyway yeah um, we see that he's, you know, it seems to be doing well. He's, he's like tuning a piano or something. And the guy working for him's like, Hey, we're doing all right. And he's like, all right is perfect. Like, I, I don't need to be doing crazy as Couldn't long as we're doing, as long as we're doing good enough. That's fine with me. And he, he walks past at one point, a poster mm-hmm. for a movie that she's in. Doesn't yeah. even look at it. No. Just walks right past it whatever it's probably come to terms with like he probably watched, that was he, five years ago it is what it is he walks past it every day i bet right and so we go back and she gets in sits down with her husband at a table seb finishes uh he comes up on stage after the band starts playing the place is packed playing. by the way all the seats are full yeah and he he, he thanks all of his musicians mm-hmm. And then he looks out into the crowd and catches, sees Mia, and he yeah. pauses for a second as they both exchange, like, a glance. And he says, welcome to Sebs. Welcome to Sebs. And then he sits down at the piano and starts to play a song, which is, like, a, a melody of basically all of the music we've heard throughout the, the movie. Um, I also think when he, the way that he says, welcome to Sebs, the way that it the way that it hits my brain is that his his tone changes a little changes a little bit. It's a little bit more deeper and raspy. And the way that I take this is that it, it almost feels like he's saying it under his breath almost either to himself or to her specifically. Do you think it's like a damn, she found out I didn't name a chicken on a stick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she wasn't supposed to know. She wasn't Shit. supposed to know. Damn it. Copyright. <laughs> um, no, but I, I feel like it, I feel like in the moment that they lock eyes, that they lock eyes to each other, I mean, she's she's got a look on her face that she is, well, they both do. They're both shocked to see each yeah. other. Um, but I get the the idea that when they lock eyes and when he says welcome to Sebs, there's no one else in the room. He's saying that 
to, to himself her. or to her. And that's why he's going from, hey, I'm a host, and I'm, hey, let's, hey, that guy, hey, don't steal my piano job, to, <laughs> to, and welcome to Sebs. Yeah. You know, it's it's a very, very different tone, and it's very, very subtle, but I'd like to think that that was done on purpose. Yeah. I've watched this movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, here here's where I'm going to really pick your brain. Okay. Uh, so from here, Seb starts playing the piano, and we cut into this uh, beautifully done, oh, super art- artsy, almost like what-if situation, where we see it play back to that night where they ran into each other in the restaurant, and instead of just bumping past her, he just grabs her and kisses her. And from there, their relationship is in full swing. They're completely supportive. He shows up to her one-woman show. It's She's, full. It's packed. He, he doesn't join the band. Mm-mm. He goes with her to Paris. He plays in jazz clubs in Paris. Mm-hmm. They have a kid. They come back. She's successful. He's there. <laughs> um, he's doing his own gigs. He, yeah, he, well, right. So he's like playing piano and stuff, basically sort of like what he was doing in the beginning. He never joins the band. He doesn't open up his own club. Doesn't go on tour. But they're together. They have a family. They've got like this idyllic they got a house. life going on. Um, and it's very, everything is very stylized at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's clear that... Like, it's a movie backdrop thing. You got people dancing, you got these fake-looking props and stuff, and it's, you know, sort of a symbol of, like, her being a a movie star and kind of whatever, the movie industry, going through all that stuff. Um, And then they sit down in, like, a theater with a projection started, and it kind of shows, like, this life of home video of them with their son Mm -hmm. and, like, being happy and stuff. Uh, Just, and then they show up, at this club, this jazz club, and they're in the crowd watching just some random musicians play instead of what she has currently. So right. the question is, what is, what is that, that whole thing? Is it supposed to be a symbol of, is it him? My thing is, is it him during his song thinking about if he didn't chase his dreams... And just stuck with her. This is what he could have had. And it's not necessarily her thinking about it. Because it's her getting everything she wanted. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't get anything. So is it him while playing thinking. If I would have just given up everything to be with her. What could my life have been like? Mm-hmm. Or is it supposed to be like a snapshot of both of them. Thinking of what their perfect situation would be. Because to me... He, I mean, he doesn't end up with anything that he wanted. I mean, he gets her and, like, a family, but he doesn't get his dreams or anything. He's just, like, a stay-at-home dad at that point. So is it really as positive as it tries to look? I, I think, um, also, by the way, the first, I didn't, I didn't do it as bad tonight. I did, I did cry, but I didn't the first first time for sure. Second time, a little bit. Everything after that, ever so slightly. Um, I sobbed so hard that I was doing like those silent cries. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I, I think um, in my head, which by the way, 
the scene when they're on the highway and they do the exit where they go to that place. I was there. I saw that. I took that exit, just saying, and that uh, I'm done. No more. That was the last one. Um, I think that it's both of them together because I took, I took that as she, she does get, you know, her dream and he's maybe, I don't know. I kind of think just based on the, the snippets of how excited he is for her and being in Paris and, and all these things, I feel like maybe his priorities shifted a little bit. Um, maybe he does end up, maybe he would have ended up still opening something. Um, but I, it's, it's something about the idea and there are a couple, I think there's another movie or so where we, where you get a, an entire what if that just, I think that that, that hits everybody in some way, in some way, every, everyone in their life has to think, if this had happened and this had happened, where would I have been now? Um, so it's a very realistic thing to think about. But, you know, it's another to, to see it done in a sequence like yeah. this. Um, but I, I think that the, the scenes of them having a kid, um, there's, there's a scene where um she she goes and she does an audition in their their silhouettes i love that she's she's gone in she's doing a, a an audition it's just her silhouette and you just see him well supportively. That's, that's the audition to get what launched her career we'll her. But because we there. see when they're walking through mm-hmm. and there's like the dance number and the bridge and everything the lady who comes out and grabs her and says come with me oh is the, is the one oh. who was one who was like i'm so glad we found you yeah I love that though because it's just showing that he's still still so supportive of her. And the 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 dance sequence is beautiful, the the medley is beautiful. I love that we're seeing all of these little throwbacks to little things throughout the movie in this montage of what could have been. Um and and yeah, I think that I think that it was a it was a mutual a mutual longing, a mutual want, but also them at the same time realizing this is where the ball bounced. This is where we, we ended up and, you know, just fate bringing them together for, for this time for them to, to lock eyes and, and be able to see you're doing okay. I'm doing okay. And, and being able to, I, there's a, there's a scene in the end before they, before she leaves the, before she leaves Seb's, the club, that they look at each other. And at first it's a very serious look. And then it, it sort of, um, bleeds into a bit of a smile and a, a comforting grin and I'd like to think that within that facial expression between the two of them, they're saying a lot. Yeah. They're not saying anything to each other, but they're saying a lot at the same time. And, um, yeah, I think there's something poetic. Sad, but very, very poetic about it. Yeah. I think the last look is just a happy, like, yeah, this is bums out, but we both have yeah. achieved what we wanted. Yeah. And they... 
there's a little bit of in in him making sure that that place was named Sebs. I think solidifies a little little speckle of them in it to remember, you know, fondly. Yeah. So. So that's the end of the movie. We did totally skip over and forget to mention City of Stars. Uh, oh yeah. Which is definitely my favorite song in the movie. Um, they sit down at a piano and they sing. Ryan uh, Sebastian's playing mm-hmm. piano and sings a song called City of Stars, and Mia jumps in, and it's a very cute scene where they're singing together and there's like laughs and giggles. It feels. It's great. Do you have any cute stories about that song? No. Do I? You don't think you, so? You want to you tell your no, cute stories? No, no, no. You go you, ahead. The way you've been telling stories are really uh, interesting today. What is that? Long-winded? Lies? No, by, <laughs> by like, beating around the bush oh. to tell the story. No, you go right ahead. Well, I don't know what you want me to say. It was your idea. That I, I bought you some hibiscus flowers once and copy and pasted the lyrics from that on down to a note where has it been ever since oh yeah she keeps it on like the refrigerator or something right over there i can see it yeah yeah he sent me flowers for uh an anniversary or a birthday or maybe just a willy-nilly i don't remember i don't know but they bloomed on your birthday they did they did bloom on my birthday but he put a he put the lyrics to, to that song on, on the card inside. It's very... It a, <laughs> very romantic. Very rare. Very rare and romantic. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, no, this this movie just is such a... Such a, 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 a fantastic movie. I don't know if I said it in the beginning, but... It's my opi- it's my opinion that uh, here we go hot take hot take La La Land was supposed to win the Oscar. <laughs> I said it. it. It won the Oscar for a second. Yeah, for like five seconds. <laughs> for five seconds, and I sh- I remember watching it live. It won a few Oscars though. I know it won a few. Six but... Academy Award wins. Yeah, but not the big one. I mean, best director is pretty damn good. Best director, best actress, best cinematography, best original song. I when it when they said when they unfortunately said that they won, I shot up out of my seat. I was clapping, and then the whole thing happened with like, oh 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 no no moonlight no, moonlight you guys won. <laughs> I literally put my hands over my mouth and I gasped as if like I just watched a car accident happen. <laughs> That's how important it was to me. No. Yeah. I mean, that's a good movie, too, but... Moonlight is a great movie. This was better. Uh, I don't know about that. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Do you know how long I searched online to find this yellow dress? No. I'm pointing to the DVD, by the way. The yellow dress that she wears when when they dance. (laughs) Searched for it long and hard. Can't find it. So, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You ever think it was like a custom made thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a costume department yeah, or something yeah. maybe put it together. Um, so yeah, anyway, she, she, she definitely loves the movie more than I do. I do enjoy the movie. I do like the movie quite a bit. 
Um, I wouldn't say that it's like my favorite musical, and I also don't think that it should have. I don't think. I think Moonlight was my pick to win Best Picture. So when they announced La La Land, I was like, no way. Like, cool, good job. Patrick also got two things for me that were also La La Land related. What were those? Uh, the Seb's poster that we have up in the living room. I bought that for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what was the second thing. What the vinyl? I bought the vinyl. I know. I'm saying you you got. Oh, I got things for for you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said you got things for me. No. Oh, uh, the vinyl. You got the vinyl, uh-huh. and then you got. Um, and then it was Christmas that you got the record player. And then to surprise me that you got a record player, I had to close my eyes and then you put the La La Land vinyl on it. Yes. And played it. And I was like, And there's a clip of that you can see on Twitch. Yeah. (laughs) I've listened to that vinyl a lot. I thought, okay. Yeah. I have. I did get you those things. Yes, you That's did. true. Okay, well, uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Thanks for letting me go on many, many tangents. <laughs> uh, I don't know what we might be doing next. I don't know. Uh, we'll kind of figure that one out. But um, I do really suggest people watch La La Land, I think, mm-hmm. um, for a number of reasons. Uh, like, if you don't really like musicals, it would not necessarily be the first musical I'd suggest you'd watch. I'd, I'd, you know, depending on the type of music you'd like, I'd say Sing Street, for example, first. Um, but there is no denying that, like, this movie is full of, like, movie, I guess, movie magic or something, I guess. It is movie magic. Uh, the, the very bright, vibrant colors, the, the dancing, the singing, it feels like... An old school, hot, like, up there kind of with, like, Singing in the Rain or, mm-hmm. or something that I would think about. Like, it feels like, you know, if you say Hollywood movie to me, those are the kind of movies I think of. I don't think yeah. of, like, the blockbusters like Avatar or Marvel or something. Mm-hmm. Those don't compute in my brain as, like, Hollywood. Yeah. If, I, if you say Hollywood, I'm thinking, I just instantly think, like, older movies. Yeah. And it's known that Damien, Damien Chazelle is, like, obsessed with old hollywood and that's what a lot of his movies are around that and jazz and this like is uh the baby of those two things sort of mixed together and it works out very well i also love ryan gosling and emma stone won best actress for this performance so they were so great then their chemistry is great they've worked together since then in movies yes and um and before that and before that so um, really, really great chemistry, just all around a fantastic movie. I, even though having the vinyl album of it, I still have most of the music in my iTunes playlist that I'll listen to while I'm yeah. doing stuff or cleaning. And it's catchy. It's fun. It's it makes you laugh and make if you're sensitive like me, it makes you cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so if, if you enjoyed listening, give us, a, give us a follow here. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, COAS underscore podcast or Chicken on a Stick. We also have a live show we do every Friday mm-hmm. over at Twitch. 
Um, you can find those links and everything on the Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Um, or just follow us anywhere that you hear this podcast. Give us a review, uh, a rating, a score, thumbs up, like, comment, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully we'll be back next week with something else. Yeah. And if you have seen it, say what your favorite song from the movie is or maybe what your favorite scene is. Yeah. Because they're, they're all so great. It's so hard to choose. City of Stars. City Stars is pretty good. The opening, the opening is. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Right. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.